0: You're in for a treat this morning. If you're visiting, you picked a good Sunday to visit. Please help me welcome Dr. Pastor Apostle Patrick Mpande. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and uh, thank you so much for welcoming us. My name is Patrick Mpande. That's my wife, Gladys. We have five kids and four grand boys. So we really have been around for a while. <laughs> two grand boys live in England, and two live in Vancouver, Canada. And our three kids, they live here in Texas. Just to bring you up to speed, those of you that prob- probably are seeing us for the first time, we came here in 2002 from Zimbabwe. Uh, political climate would not allow us to stay at the time. Uh, Pastor Rob had known us over the years, and he helped us to get here. In 2002, my family, my kids went to high school here. And story short, we ended up in Los Angeles. Don't go there. But, you know, God is, it, sometimes I say God is, really has a sense of humor. Sending us into Los Angeles here. The first thing my son told me, he said, people here have changed me. I said, what do you mean people have changed you? He said, the way they drive. When you put in your blinker to say, I need that gap, they close it real quick. <laughs> and they just won't allow you to do that. So, 2017, that's when we moved to Los Angeles. Don't ask me why, a lot of details around that. We lived there until 2019. In 2019, my, my last son had moved out of the house to get, because he had just started this, to work for this company. And um, then the Lord spoke to me and he said, You need to go back to Africa. I said, No kidding. <laughs> what did I do? You know, uh, and let alone telling my wife, because now she's a nurse. She's making good money, and you're going to tell me to leave? That can't be God. So I sat on it for a while, and, and the voice kept coming strong and strong and strong. And now in my mind, I'm thinking, going back to the same place is going to be tough. The Lord said, go back to Africa. So I said, Lord, talk to my wife. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> and... And, you know, the heat continued, and after a long time, I said, today, I'm going to tell her. And then I I looked at her, said, no, not today. (laughs) If there are nurses here, you know that how stressful the job is. She's coming back from work, she's tired, and then I'm going to break the news, really. Can't do that, so I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow was two weeks. And finally, I did. I said, Today is the day I'm going to tell you what God is saying. I said to her, You know what? Are you sitting down? Let's talk. I said, God is telling me that we should move back to Africa. She said, Really? He has been talking to me for a long time. I I don't know how to talk to you about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was afraid of the unknown. (laughs) So we boarded the plane. When we came, here, 2002, we had two suitcases. We disposed things, and then we came. So when we left in 2019, we disposed the stuff again. So two suitcases packed together. We told our kids, "Arios." <laughs> we left and went back to Africa. Reverse culture shock was the big thing because now there's another generation there. And, uh, and it was hard and because you're thinking, did we ever live here? Because everything was very different. But we had churches that we had planted over the years, and then we started developing leadership again, and we went to Malawi, and we went to South Africa, and helping pastors and developing them and so forth. And then God began to develop the love for the children. That's the school that you see there. We set up this school, and we're running 85 kids, and we're believing God that by the end of the year we'll double the numbers, because kids are in need for school. But there are a lot of problems in the school system, and teachers are on strike, and kids are wandering the streets, and so forth. But I believe that the church has got an answer for this. So we, we are helping these kids to go to school, and some of them are struggling. They lost their parents due to a lot of different situations, and they live with their grandparents. So we are there. We can't help everyone, obviously, but we'll do a part as a church. And we're really excited to see. Um, those developments. So Cypress Creek Church is actually my church. This is my home. And it's so nice to see you. And maybe you're seeing us for the first time. Be cool. We are okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just take it easy. So anyway, we we love it in Wimbley. Every time we think about America, we're thinking about Wimbley because people here, the love of the people in Cypress Creek changed our entire life completely. There is, um, you, you people that live here in, in Wimberley. I don't know whether it's an American thing, you have something that is called, um, um, what's the name of Gladys, when they came in beating the? the, the Pounding. Pounding. There you go. <laughs> you shocked us, man. We lived in Wood Creek, right? And all of a sudden, here comes a bunch of people coming towards our house. And they, 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 some are making whistles and bells and, and beating up something. They are coming. And the other guy had a trailer with, with um, a horse trailer. He was pulling a horse trailer on a big truck. And they're all coming towards our house. Now we thought, man, we escaped Africa. We are dead. Yeah. And, and my son came in, poun- bouncing into the bedroom, running. If they're dead, he thought, dead. you won't believe. What they're coming right here. And I'm I'm reminded, I'm thinking, what did we do? And I look at these people, I couldn't recognize them. And then I only relaxed when I saw Pastor Rob with them. Everything changed, I relaxed. I thought if Rob is in this thing, then it should be cool, whatever it is, I don't know. But it scared us to death. It did. But it's a cool thing, keep doing it guys, It's, it's cool. I love it. Because we ended up with stuff. I said to this guy, did you bring us a horse? No, in, actually in, that tra- in the horse trailer, there was furniture in there. So, <laughs> so it was the funniest thing. And we were really honored to have all the furniture. So Wimberley, you made it happen for us. And we really, really thank every one of you. Just to be in Wimberley is great. Just driving around. Yesterday, we drove to our old house and we drove up the hills. We just, oh, it's so beautiful here. We love it but we can't stay. (laughs) God wants us back. Today, I'm talking about how you can walk over your storms. Now, um, I'm going to be here a few minutes, but I want you to understand something, that God is on your side. He's on your side. Sometimes when we are hit by storms of life, we think, I don't think it's going to work for me. Sometimes you think, um, I'm just getting to the end of the rope here. I don't think it's going to work for me. Tie a knot and hold on because he is on your side. And the Bible says that he will never leave us or forsake us. So he's with us even in the middle of the storm. There's a man called Robert Slater, maybe some of you know. One thing about me, I'm scared of water. I love fishing, don't get me wrong, but from the bank if you get me in a boat, I will have my life jacket as we walk in. I don't care how big the boat is. That's Patrick right there. I'm fascinated by people that do the surfing. I'm real I really am. So Robert Kelly, uh, Robert Kelly Slater was born in 1972. Some of you are familiar with the name. He's an American professional surfer, best known for being crowded, crowned World Surf League champion a record 11 times, Slater is widely regarded as the greatest professional in surfing. Here's what he says, I quote, surfing is a mindset, I think I like this. When you are constantly thinking about drowning or wiping out, it's hard to stay focused and perform at your best. Turn your fear of the ocean into an advantage. And you know, when I look at when they they do the surfing, when the storm is high, they love that. I don't get it. I don't get it how you you can be interested when the storm is higher. Because they go up upon it. Blows my mind. I would think when the storm is high, get out of the water. (laughs) But they love it when it's high. So he says that it is a mindset. And he says, when it's high, it's for your advantage. That means when it's high, You shine on top of it, wow. Now, so the passage that I want to read is Mark 4, verse number 37, here's what it says. On the day when even was come, he said to them, let us go over unto the other side. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, we're gonna go over to the other side. So I want you to, to listen to this because this is very important. We are going to go over to the other side. It doesn't say maybe, it doesn't say when there's no storm. Storms are part of life. I have, if you haven't lived it, to to see that, keep living, you'll agree with me down the road because storms are part of life. But then the Bible says, greater is he that's in us than him in the world. We we have the authority to walk upon our storms. So he said, let us go over to the other side. That means he knew that we are going over. So the Bible says then he went to sleep you can only sleep if you know that there is safety. He went to sleep and leaving the multitude, Listen, and leaving the multitude, they took him with them even as he was in the boat and other boats were also following. And then the storm arose and the waves beat up the boat so much that the, boat, the water was starting to fill in. That means water was spilling in. And many times when that happened, especially to a person like me who cannot swim, who doesn't like to be in the water, when water starts coming in the boat, I'm looking for exit because I can't be in the boat where there's water. So that means the, 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 the temptation is to take off your eyes from what everybody is saying, but look at how big is it becoming, how much water is coming in here. We tend to focus on the problem, but than focusing on the one who solves problems. That's human nature. That's how we are. The problem is too big for me. And we think about that. The more we think about that, the more we make it bigger. Someone said to me, you know what? Goliath was so big, that's why it was was easy not to miss. In other words, it means when it's bigger, we can't miss it. Greater is he that's us than him in the world. So I want to encourage you to know that the storms are part of life, but we are overcomers. Because the one who is with us in the boat, The one who said we are crossing over is greater than anything that we've ever known in the world. So whether we are on top of the storm, whether we are in the bottom of the storm, but Jesus Christ is with us. And when we encounter storm, that's when we get afraid because our eyes transmit information that's not real. And our eyes, we are creatures that are created to be fearful of realities. So if, if I say there is a snake in the house, everybody looks at, They start looking under the seat because immediately you know that maybe it's right here. You don't know where it is. So we are, that's defense for us. So when we see something, that's not unusual. We, we tend to be afraid. But Jesus was staying asleep at the back of the boat. That means he knew that everything is okay. And I commanded that we're going to go over to the other side. Your mission is to go over to the other side. God never called any of us to sink. God never called any of us to be defeated. He called us to be conquerors. I don't know what your situation looked like, but greater is he that lives in us than him in the world. And you and I will overcome in the name of Jesus. We know that we have come from a very bad experience of this epidemic that has really devastated the world. All of a sudden, everything became the same. Everybody was equal. Everybody needed someone, but you couldn't get to them because you're not allowed to be close to anyone. It was the weirdest situation ever. I need you, but don't come here. <laughs> it's hard. We, we were hit by this COVID, me and my wife, and we call people and tell them, we're we dying here, but don't come to my house. So, so how do I help you? <laughs> you know, it was a weird thing. But you know what? It's time to pick up the pieces and stand up as a nation and move forward. Amen. You know, when Moses encountered the Red Sea, there were two words that God said. He said, Moses, move forward. And those are the two words that are, were so strong that when Moses had a rod on his hand, God said, what do you have in, in your hand? He said, I have a stick. And then God said, it to the sea, pointed to the Red Sea. He did point it to the Red Sea and then the waters opened. So you have, you have more authority than you think. You may have lost friends and family and, and extended family and so forth, uncles and papas and so forth, but that's not the end of the world. That's not the end of life. We are here. We are alive. We happen to survive this. And there was no champion to this. It was just the grace of God. In my country, when it hit, the government spelled out clear, we do not have any help. And. Um, the entire country had two ventilators. I don't know if they worked or not, but uh, you know, all of a sudden everybody needs God, I'm telling you, because it's everybody for himself. It's, it was a weird. So when we hit me and my wife, all we could do is to crawl, trying to help each other. Nobody's helping you because I, I can help you, she can help me. It's a struggle. You can't eat, your throat is closing on you. You can't breathe, and and so forth, and and it's just hard. And then the devil said, I got you. You came all the way from America, you're dead. This is it. And, you know, even to talk the scriptures, oh, they don't come out. And the devil says, I got you. You know, there are times when you need only God, nobody else. Sometimes we invest on the things of the world that will disappear one time, at that time, I saw it very clear, and I said to myself, if anybody came with the keys of a BMW, the latest in the market, and said, here's a car, I would say you're out of your mind. What I need now is health, man. <laughs> I don't need a car. I need to breathe. So that just shows us that all the things that we thought is great, I have me a brand new house, I have a, a brand new car, look at me. Overnight, it's irrelevant. Everyone is crying for one thing. I want to breathe right. I just lost my uncle. I just want to breathe. I just lost my papa. I just want to breathe. I lost my son. I want to breathe. Please, I want to breathe. And you could not sleep because we're told, we're told that if you sleep, you won't get up. People put fear on people. Don't go to bed. You don't, don't even sleep. So for days, we're going away. We're staying awake all night. And then the next day, we are still there, just hanging on guard. But then we go out. I said, devil, you know what? You haven't seen a thing. In the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to take nations. In Jesus' name, we are picking up the pieces and we are standing up. We are saying, enough is enough. So I don't know what your storm looked like, but God is on your side, man. He is. Keep confessing that, that Jesus is for me. I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Even if he trips you and you fall right on the ground, that by the stripes of Christ, I am healed. Someone said to me, What if I die? Then I said, Well, then you don't need healing. <laughs> it is simple. Some years ago, a lady brought their dying baby. They, this lady said to us, I know you preach, and uh, my baby is going to die. I said, How do you know that? She said, because when they're 18 months, they die. So I've lost four already. I don't know what's happening in our family, but they die. So in a, in a way, you could say, OK, so that was her storm, really. But her storm needed Jesus Christ to change the story. And so I said to my wife, can you hold the baby? Let's pray for the baby. Folks, it doesn't even take a prayer that you fast and roll your eyes and roll on the ground for God to hear. He, 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 he does not operate like us because we think that when we show sympathy and long face, he will be attracted by our emotional gestures. He doesn't operate like that. He operates best on his word. You shall lay hands on the sick, they will recover. It's simple and anybody can do it. It is nothing to do with Dr. bond and all that stuff. It's about faith. So my wife held the baby and we said to this lady we're going to pray for the baby. And after a little simple prayer because it is God who does those things. And we said you're going to have your baby and then tomorrow you can come back. We can pray for the baby. She said no, I'm leaving the baby here. <laughs> Now you're thinking, leave the baby where? (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaving the baby here and I'll go to my house and then tomorrow I'll come and see the baby. In other words, you preach faith and this is your baby now. In other words, if the baby dies in your hands, then (laughs) how do you talk about faith? So we we are asking God, we are stuck with the baby, we are asking God, God, you have to, really, you (laughs) you have to do something, Lord. And very quickly, if possible. So we prayed for the baby. The baby slept. And then the next day, the baby was there. It was, it was our joy to look at the baby, first thing, you know? You want to make sure the baby's still there. And the baby was there, and she came. And she was expecting us to have long face and say, well, the baby is gone, unfortunately. No, the baby was there. And you could see her face change. And she said, I will leave my baby one more day. <laughs> At this time, my wife didn't care. She said, well, yeah, you can go. You can come back tomorrow. Your baby will be cool. And, and so she comes back tomorrow. The baby is great. And, and she said, so you mean to say my baby is not dying like those? No. And right now, she has a family. She has a big family now. She's smiling, and everything is working great. That's the God we serve. So you might say, well, because you are a preacher, that's why. No, it's not about me. It's about Christ because we will ride upon our, our storms, but we have to confess it and and put God at his place. It's not just easy. Sometimes your mind is split. Well, this will not work. I, I'll tell you one more story, then I'll preach. <laughs> I was having a revival in, in the countryside, and um, I was preaching about faith. Jesus heals you. you. You need the faith of God and everything. And then they prepared us a meal, and they gave us water to drink. Now, the water is in the jar, in the glass. And I could see that through the glass, there are some things jumping up and down in that glass. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do now. Now, they're all looking at me. This is the water they drink all the time. Now you are a faith man, you, <laughs> you just told us about faith this whole week and this is the water we have, we just go down the river and you know, there you are. <laughs> so, they're looking at me that you're gonna, so I'm thinking, am I gonna drink this? Think about that, I was in an awkward spot. Because that so if you say, oh, no, I, uh, actually I can drink that, then they're gonna go, oh, so faith is not working for you, it's working for us? I'm thinking, what do I do? Close my eyes and drink this stuff and cry later, <laughs> you know? Because I'm thinking, and you know, that night, I'm thinking, tomorrow, I don't think I'll make it. What, what was? And, and the Bible says they shall drink poison. But I think you, it, it meant ignorantly, not when you see it jumping up and down, and you, and you take it anywhere you know? And next day, sure enough, I'm there. And there's no stomachache and everything. And, and I'm not sharing with my team here what is going on, because my team, they're just drinking. They don't care, but I saw it, man. I, I saw it jumping in there. But you can't, you can't tell them, oh, no, I can't drink that water. I need bottled water. Then they're going to go, huh, let's see your faith. So really, if you want to go in missions, um, these are some of the things that you encounter. And you better be ready to tough it (laughs) and say, I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to drink it. It won't kill me. So Jesus was staying asleep in the back of the boat. And because he had sanctioned the trip, so he knew that you are safe. I said, let's go over to the other side. And so this, this storm was so strong that the water was coming in. They were so afraid. Then they woke him up. Master, don't you care that we are even dying here? So I don't know where the word death came from because they are with the Lord, the life saver. is right there in the boat with them. But they were able to see that death is coming. Wake him up. So he got up and then the Bible says he commanded the place to calm down. And then the storm calmed down. And Jesus Christ is here this morning to command your storm down. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It may look big. Because what the devil does is, he gives you the magnifying glass for everything. Small little thing, he makes it bigger. Can't go to bed. You're rolling on your bed, you're thinking about it. I think I'm dead, I I don't think things will work for me. This 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 looks bigger than I thought. Because that's what the devil does, he magnifies things to scare us. But we are not afraid of the devil, and he he might as well know it that greater is he on our side than him in the world. He gives us power to overcome. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we are overcomers. I want you to be encouraged. Even when you think you are sick, even when they've told you. Listen, if the doctor told you that we give you two weeks, don't take that. Choose to take God's word and believe that that's what they know. That's what signs say. Thank you, Mr. For telling me, that, but now I'm going to go to my closet and talk to God to check it out to see if he wants me to come to heaven now. I'm going ch- to ch- I'm gonna check with my master to see if this is time. So I know that sometimes we are told that this chronic, this disease is chronic, is going to be with you for the, for the rest of your life. My wife, when I married her, she, was, she had splitting headaches with, um, with um, they call it migraine, migraine. It's a terrible thing. And, and so she, she was battling with that, and I mean, real bad. And she would throw up. She would not sleep, sweat, and everything, you name it, of pain, screaming of pain when that thing hits her. And then the Lord said to me, you're going to anoint her with oil and pray for her. The prayer of faith will heal her. <laughs> if you're a married man, and God talks, talks to you about that, and go buy some oil and pray for your spouse, healing, you're thinking, will she believe me? Now, because I know she has a medication. Is, is she going to accept this? Because when you are so familiar to your wife, it's kind of like, call the preacher to pray for her, you know? <laughs> because all of a sudden, you just qualify yourself from being a preacher because of that closeness that you are. It's like, oh, really, you're going to try it to me? But anyway, so I said to her, I'm going to pray for you for, for your headache. And so I anointed her with oil. In that friendly way, and boom, healed. Uh, it has been, how long now? Probably, probably 30 years ago now. It never came back. You, you know, there are, <laughs> there are times when you look at your fingers and think, "It happened. She's healed. I didn't do anything. Jesus. That's the Jesus we save. So never, ever, ever underestimate yourself because the one who died for us, Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, he took the keys from the devil and he gave it to the church. You and I have got the authority in our hands. You speak few words. Jesus Christ, you know, I grew up a very legalistic man because the church where I was in, they, they, they believed in a certain way. I was told that if you don't pray for yourself, you're gonna be crashing in a car accident. That means when you get out of your house, you have to pray every day until it became so legalistic. So, and then the Lord began to ask me some questions like, so you are depending on prayer before you start your car. That means if you don't pray, because of anything that happens, you're gonna crash, right? I said, I don't know, God. It's it's not by might, it's not by our strength, it's by the grace. That's when I began to understand the grace of God. God is so gracious to us. So it's not about eloquence, it's not about how I select those powerful words that will change the situation. It's not anything near there. You see, when when our babies were born, they, they couldn't talk properly. If you have babies, if you have seen babies, you agree. We teach them how to say papa. We teach them how to say mom. And all these, and, and, and the words come out wrong. We say, no, 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 no. Say papa. Ha ha. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we help them to pronounce. So you and I, we were babies in Christ. So when we speak as babies, we speak as babies. We, we are growing into another level. And, and it takes time. So you cannot manage to underestimate your prayer. Even if it's 30 seconds, it's a baby step. But I wasn't taught that way. If you don't pray, you're going to hell. I don't know how to pray. or oh, you're going to hell anyway. It's very legalistic. So it's like I underestimated myself in every area. But I'll tell you what. When I understood the grace of God, then I understood that God is gracious because I wasn't even supposed to be here. I see the grace of God all the time. God is gracious. You said three words about your papa who's sick somewhere, about your uncle who's sick somewhere, three words. The rest is God. It's God's doing. So never underestimate yourself. Even your situation, now, never, never ever you do that. You know that Jesus Christ is in your side. And I'm saying to those that are hurting, that are struggling, that are feeling, you know what? I don't know about what this African is talking about. (laughs) I think he doesn't understand what I'm going through. I don't have to understand because Jesus understood already what you're going through. And he is there with you. He's right there with you. So don't ever think that maybe he left me. His grace is so sufficient for every one of us. There's so much grace that he can't afford to walk away from us. He's so gracious. Just to be able to be here this morning, that's His grace. To be able to drive from wherever you came from, to get here, your car in one piece, that's His grace. I'm closing a few minutes. One time we had a blowout. I was with my missionary friends. They'd come to Africa, I think a year ago, a year before last. Came with his friend and his wife. We took them to Victoria Falls, which is one of the greatest wonders of the world, if maybe you have seen it on TV. We're driving back before we took them to the airport, we had a blowout on the back tire of this van that we're driving, doing probably 65, lost control of the vehicle, and the vehicle left the road, started heading for the trees. It was like one of those things that you see on TV games, see trees coming towards you like this. I'm just missing these trees by inches, and, and the car is going like this, and I'm trying to avoid that we don't tip. And just destroying all these trees, going out away into the bundies, and it's in the game park. So you, <laughs> what's going in your mind is if I hit a lion, I mean an elephant down there, I will get them all mad, and I don't know what's going to happen from that point. So now, finally, I hit a big tree, the airbags come out, and my friend here is buried on the airbag. His wife was sitting with my wife at the back. She's laid under my, under my seat, and had bruises all over her legs, and, and ribs, and so forth. My wife jumped on this area to, go, to come and pull her out. I'm stuck on the wheel, and in a story short, we came out of the car, and I'm thinking, oh, my friend, I think he's gone because it, he's not moving. Nothing is happening here. We're trying to help this, this lady on this, you know, outside the vehicle to stabilize her. And and then here comes my friend. He jumps out. He said, what's going on? Because he blacked out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? I said, well, we had a little wreck, yes. <laughs> you know, to explain a little bit what's going on. and um, And then, now, we don't have the, the, the ambulance number. And we're about 1,000 feet into the bush and trees and everything. So people are still driving on the highway. They don't see us. They don't even know there's a car that went off. So we took the bumper because the bumper dropped. We took the bumper and put it on the roadside so that people, when people see the bumper, they will follow the trail to where we are. Call the ambulance because some guy came. I, I, I must say probably that was the angel of the Lord because he came and said, Here's the number for the ambulance. Is everybody okay? Yeah, we're fine. Then he disappeared. So we called the ambulance. It took an hour for them to get to us. We called the police. The police said, we don't have fuel to come over there. And (laughs) we're going to have to hitchhike. And the police came. They hitchhiked, and they got to us about an hour and a half. Now it's getting dark. So the police guy had a gun. And he, he, he did the police report and he said, uh, now we got to leave. And my wife said, you're not going nowhere. I said, lady, what, what are you? And she said, this is a game park. You're going to leave us. You, you don't do that. They said, well, we have to hitchhike and go back because we don't have a car. And my wife said, no, you are, you are not leaving. She pulls out. She, she is very strange, my wife, sometimes. <laughs> she, she, she pulls out 10 bucks. She gives the cop. The cop said, we are staying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying this to say, we were praising the Lord in that vehicle as we were coming back from Victoria Falls. But the car went off the road anyway. For us to get out of, of a life in that car is the grace of God. So where was the prayer then? because we had prayed before we left the hotel. So really, I was taught that if you don't pray, you die. If you don't pray, it was like you do this for God to do this. You do this for God to do this. It was like deals that we're doing with God. But when I understood the grace of God, I understood that, you know what? Sometimes I can jump in my car without even praying. I come back in one piece still. You see the grace of God right there sometimes I have a pain in my body. Before I even get to to ask God to help me, to heal me, it's gone. That's the grace of God. So God is gracious to every one of us. There is no need for us to work harder and try to to justify why we receive something from God. There's no justification for that. It's just the grace of God. We live by the grace of God. We are saved by grace. There's, no, there's nothing, if you're coming here for the first time, there's nothing that you can do to deserve salvation. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It's the grace of God that you're sitting here because he loves you. He loves every one of us. He loved us before we even knew him. The love of God was manifested. One more sign to close. <laughs> I always refer to this story because it really blesses me. I want to encourage you to do that, which God is calling you to do. I know in America we say we have to study it first and have some reports before we can do what we want to do. I get that part of it. But here's a story of Moses when he got to the Red Sea. There was no study because Pharaoh was behind. You See that? There was no time to fast. There was not so legalism is out of the window because there is a real Pharaoh here coming. You you can't tell me, uh, you have to fast seven days for this miracle to happen. I don't have seven days. If I don't do something, I'm dead. That's all. So Moses is standing there and people are screaming, what are you going to do? Moses says, this Pharaoh that you see today, this is the last time you see him. Think about that. It was never studied, it was never in history. He was making history right there. He, has just, he just declared life to the children of Israel. Without any experience, you can't look back and say, oh, he did it before. No, first time. He said, you'll never see Pharaoh again. But the slaves knew that Pharaoh is a vicious man. What do you mean we will not see him again? Because I said so. There is power in the words that we release. When we speak, things change. And then I think Moses went around the bush there. He said, God, you you got to help me. Did you hear what I just told those people? I I told them that you will show up. (laughs) Somehow Pharaoh is going to be dead today. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I just told them, come to my rescue, Lord. And God said, what do you have in your hand? You see, God is already joined in the, in the situation. He never said, oh, you need to fast seven days and 10 days and fast until you are skinny. You roll on the floor every morning before you can talk about Pharaoh. No, he never said that. He said, what do you have in your hand? You can see God jumping into the situation immediately. You see how simple it is? We make it complicated because of our religiosity spirit. We make it a big deal. God to do some certain things for God to come down. There are no conditions. He loves us. So he said, Mo, you said it, I'm coming. Just point the stick into the Red Sea. See what happens. He did. He saw that thing open. He goes, oh, wow. So all the three million people, the animals, everything crossed. And then Pharaoh said, ah, you make it easy for us. We're going to be following you on the dry land. No. This dry land was just open for the people of God. People that were under the grace of God. Those are the people that will walk on the dry land. As for you, come as far as the middle, then we'll deal with you. So he came with his chariots into the middle of this dry land. It closed up on him. You see God's grace? Right now, you think your situation is way up there? I don't think anything will change. It will change. Through the blood of Jesus, it will change. And we declare it changed in Jesus' name. Because our God is able. Whether sickness, whether it's job situation, whether it's a school situation, our God is able. He's a gracious God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Bless your name today. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. It is through the blood that we are who we are. We thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, I pray for even that one who is discouraged. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we will be encouraged this morning.